The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Welcome to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. So we all like Vindaloo, but I think we all, well, we were laughing while that song was playing because we were realising that maybe we uh, don't like it as much as we thought. It's kind of creepy. I don't know. Yeah, it is a bit creepy. Tonight we're talking about lad culture, inclusion in sport, and we have three guests live in the studio. Um, So we're joined by Tom. Tom, do you want to tell us where you're from? Uh, good evening. I my name is Thomas Chambers. I play rugby at Alderlanians Rugby Club in Dulwich in South London. Uh, so we've also got Stuart Mason with us. Stuart, where do you play sport? I I play uh, rugby. Also, I play for the Kings Cross Steelers, and I'm also the honorary secretary. Fabulous. And Ruth as well. Hello, I'm Ruth, and I founded and now manage uh, Southside Women's Football Club. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I had a couple of questions, like just to start us off. So I was wondering, what attracted you to playing sports, or is it being in a team? Maybe what attracted you to your teams, Ruth? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can be counted as actually playing a sport now, but you try. Yeah, I try. I try. I guess I just wanted to find out what all the boys like to play because uh, they seem to enjoy it, and I wanted to be part of that. Uh, yeah, and it's worked out pretty well so far. Tom. Uh, it's something I've always done and I think whenever I've moved away from it I've missed that uh, atmosphere of being part of something with a, a group of other people so a bit of being part of something that's kind of bigger than yourself and contributing to a team is quite a, a nice feeling and, and for me I, I also kind of grew up around sport all my life and, and the, the team that I've joined in London um, it was one of the first things that I did when I moved here and it was a great place to meet other like-minded people Cool. Okay, and I think I guess we're going to be talking about like whether or not you thought there was a place for you in the kind of existing sports teams that were around you. Is something we're going to be looking at. But I guess Catherine, you want to start with Stuart? We met recently at a Burns Night dinner, and we got chatting. It was only after that event. At the time, I think we mostly were talking about haggis and playing games and getting drunk. But it was only after that um, that our kind of um, friend in common. Um, mentioned that you play for this team the Kings Cross Steelers and that really fascinated me and I thought oh you'd be a great person to get on so people who haven't heard of the Kings Cross Steelers can you tell us a bit about the club? Sure uh, we were founded in November 1995 and we're the world's first uh, rugby team to cater for predominantly gay and bisexual men um, and we started essentially a gay rugby movement and there's over 50 um gay bisexual clubs worldwide now um and um so so that's essentially the king's cross Steelers. we're based out in west ham we have three teams we play in the conventional league structure uh, of the essex essex leagues um and we also compete against other gay teams in the bingham cup and the union cup which is like the european and 
uh, gay rugby world cup essentially that's amazing when the club was founded did the people who started did they realize that there were just no other clubs out there like to me that's really shocking that that happened so 1995 i mean i can't believe that you're so relatively young as a as a team I, th- I think there were a, a lot of guys that had grown up playing rugby and then possibly because of their sexuality had p- possibly moved away from the sport because they didn't feel that it was um, necessarily as inclusive as it might be. Um, so they, they, they formed together with, with, this, um, with this idea to, um, to form a team to, to challenge perceptions, challenge prejudices um, and, yeah, and, and ultimately... Um, just compete on 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 a level playing field with the other teams out there and have a lot of fun as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And That's <laughs> it's number there, one. Is there a kind of sense that it's like a a safe place for like you're providing that supportive atmosphere, but also you're wanting to go out and you know make this public? I think that you mentioned before that you've started having clubs come to you to find out how they can be more inclusive, and there's been some kind of high profile um, instances of homophobia in sport is that something that you're working actively to it's, it's definitely challenge? something that we we've, we've always always been active in um last last year the uh, london school of economics um had an incident um where their, their team got um banned for a year because of um a leaflet that was distributed that had misogynistic homophobic statements and and they've been in touch to to see what they can do um we're hoping to organize a, a game between um, their side and our side, um, and I, I, I guess over over the years we, we've that's exactly what what we've been about is um, is not necessarily sort of um, dividing ourselves out um, and and make making out that we're sort of different from any other team. Um, I think there were challenges in the early days because no one knew um, uh, you know what it'd be like to play against like a predominantly gay team and there was a um there was a kind of running joke as to who who would be the first side to lose against um against the gay team but but now we we've just kind of secured second place in our league and we're you know we're seen as 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 competitive as the rest i guess so if anyone's listening they want to get involved how can they do that they can uh, get involved by um, e- emailing uh, membership at k- uh, kxsrfc.com or uh, going on Facebook, going to the official Kings Cross Steelers uh, page or, or our website um, yeah, and get, get involved with that. We'll link to that on our what, multiple social media outlets that we have because that was a lot of letters in that email address. <laughs> that I kind of just passed me by. Fair enough. And as I mentioned earlier, we've also got Tom in the studio and you're offering a bit of a different perspective because you also played sport for a long time and you're in a club and you're quite I know that you've been taking some measures to um, try and make your team as inclusive as possible as well. We've got actually I think Tom you conducted some some field research for us which is almost unheard of on our show you've actually (laughs) (laughs) actually got some genuine opinions from people and uh, can you tell us a bit about what you recorded and where you recorded it possibly? Um, so uh, these recordings are taken at a, f- uh, a function that I attended last week uh, with a number of different people who, some of whom play rugby, some of whom don't play rugby, but but all male uh, for the purposes of this. Not all male. Some of those you interviewed are not male. I listened to. Perhaps perhaps I wasn't as professional in my field work as uh, <laughs> I made. I comb through. I comb. <laughs> Someone snuck in there. Yeah, and I guess you were kind of asking them two questions: What is a lad and do you think you're allowed? Do you 
think you're a lad? A massive lad, yeah. And what is a lad? A lad is having Welsh blood. I think being Welsh just makes you a lad. Like, you're born a lad if you're Welsh. What is a lad? Uh, a lad is, I don't know, someone who drinks a lot. Do you think you're a lad? Uh, yeah. A lad is the best type of boy. And do you think you're a lad? I'm a massive fucking lad, yeah. Lad? It's a three-letter word, L-A-D. Do you think you're a lad? No. Right. A lad, I think, is where, say, if you're sitting in a pub, you're having a few pints, and you're with, you're with your mates, and you think, that lad, I'd, I'd pretty much do anything for him. I would, uh, say, if I was stuck on, or he was stuck on top of a hill or something like that, I'll definitely go there and, like, help him get him down. You just, you just, it's that overwhelming feeling when you're sitting there just sort of daydreaming and think, geez, he's, this, this guy's awesome. Um, yeah, that's what I think. What is a lad? Me. Do you think you're a lad? Yeah. What is a lad? Tom, I think a lad is something that's been made up by boys to make immature boys feel better about themselves. And do you think you're a lad? No, Tom, I'm a mature adult. <laughs> what is a lad? Oh, my... I don't know, a guy that goes out and drinks, pulls all the bellwoods, no, I don't know how to respond to that. Do you think you're a lad? <laughs> I'd probably say no. A lad is a guy who goes out, does what he wants and doesn't care what the missus says when he gets home. Do you think you're a lad? No. I thought that last one was actually quite sweet. I don't know, because it kind of started off a bit rowdy, like, oh, lad, doesn't care what the missus thinks. And it's like, are you a lad? No. It's cute. Um, Tom, I guess the first question I should ask you is, do you think you're a lad? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Okay. How do you feel about the label of lad? I guess... Well, I, okay. well Tom, you often tell me you're a lad 2.0, if you want to elaborate well, the, on that. Well, the lad 2.0 is, is sort of the, the lad evolution from beer-swilling, uh, misogynistic-type portrayal of lad to someone who, you know, maybe enjoys a few beers, perhaps plays sport, watches sport, but actually kind of has some sort of social awareness about himself and the other people that he's interacting with. Um, so I kind of had... I actually used the phrase ladvolution. Um, what has your ladvolution been like? So did you, like, want to be a lad when you were younger? What's appealing about that kind of culture? And when did you realise you didn't really want to be a typical lad? you want to be a lad 2.0 when did that hit you that realization yeah so i think it's part of growing up and, and, and playing sport there were the, the people who were the years older than you and the way to kind of get in an easy way to make friends wherever you went was to be involved in the culture where if i can down a pint i can make friends it's, it's almost <laughs> as simple as that if i could drink beer faster than you i've got an instant in and i've got instant group of people that i can bond with socialize with and i've got some <laughs> kudos from something very straightforward so there's 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 that aspect of growing up as a strategy is, is a very easy way to make friends and ingratiate yourself with people why do you think that kind of sports teams and drinking culture go hand in hand which is like a massive question but why do all sports teams love to drink so much i think it's about bonding as, as a team and as a unit and and i don't i don't think all teams do do it but it's a, it's an easy way to get a group of people to have a common experience and if you're all doing the drinking together maybe in private on your own things happen people tell stories they have experience and then all of a sudden you've got this special experience that only the 20 people in the room at that time ever experienced or witnessed and i think drinking can help sometimes break down the barriers or the uh, 
the inhibitions that people would have normally and, and you, you kind of you can build those bonds a little bit quicker. We should have had a proper booze up before you came here then, maybe. Um, so I did try and instigate it. You said you were ordering a softie at the bar. <laughs> Should I not have it? Oh, no. Your lad, lad's image has been shattered with that admission. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It is the middle of the week, guys. Can't drink in midweek. Talking about your specific sports team that you're in, then, you kind of instigated some changes. Can you talk about some of that? Uh, yeah, so so you're talking about the label of lad, and there's some, been some negative connotations about what a lad is. And, and some of the things we've done were kind of born out of actually taking a step back, having a look at what we were doing and deciding that actually this is not right, this is not okay. And so some of the simple things we've done, we stopped singing some of the songs that we would probably sing previously. So now you're more likely to bump into us on a train singing show tunes or the medley from uh, Moulin Rouge, the love medley. Um, I'm not. Maybe at the end of a show, if we've got some free time, you could... Flying Without Wings? Yeah. He's a club favourite. Uh, as well yeah, and, and most of the Lion King score so <laughs> <laughs> how difficult was it then to instigate that change because I do think that like especially when we were at uni the rugby teams and things did have some quite like misogynistic leanings or homophobic leanings and, and how did you instigate a change so that people I, I think I think the change is actually not as difficult as it sounds because I think what people actually enjoyed wasn't necessarily the content of what they were singing it was the fact that they were all making loud noises in a room uh, and drinking beers, effectively. And as long as that stays common, there's really been no resistance to change in the slot. And actually, people enjoy it more when we don't upset everybody else who's around us and they, they kind of want to be involved and join in. And, and that, that's uh, that's really the essence of what, why we made some changes. And um, talking kind of about like access to teams, you're also doing something new at the moment, some coaching. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, so uh, I'm taking the opportunity to do something called Give It A Try, which is about giving people a go at playing rugby. So trying to get people um, riding off the back of the World Cup this year in England, trying to get people from a young age involved in rugby, playing rugby, enjoying themselves, having a good time. That sounds really great. I have one more question, which is, can you tell us about your ladle? The ladle. <laughs> the ladle. The ladle is uh, an old Alanian's uh, tradition, and it's one of the best... Uh, vessels for drinking port with. Say no more. That sounds great. <laughs> so Ruth, who are you? Can you tell us a bit more about what you're doing? Uh, so my name's Ruth and I set up Southside WFC about a year ago and it's mainly to encourage women who wouldn't otherwise get involved in football and start to sort of um, give them an accessible way of getting involved in the first place. It doesn't matter if you've never kicked a ball before in your life. We're sort of a good place to start, basically. So, yeah. so what do you think are like kind of the main challenges preventing women from taking up sport and um, football specifically? I think there are a lot of challenges. Uh, I think the, the main thing is there's just not a culture, a sort of natural culture of women being celebrated in sport. We're, no, we're sort of not equal to men in terms of media, publicity. So it's not a sort of natural thing. Um, I think even things like the clothes that are sold to us are kind of sexy people don't necessarily want to be wearing sexy sports clothes to go and work out they want to be wearing baggy things but the media is telling us we have to look a certain way uh i think schools play a big a major role in women not playing sports later because we're told you have to play rounders and netball and hockey and you know i think you can see that rugby and football are sort of the biggest sports worldwide and we're kind of left out of that from the start I'm part of the football team. Well, an excellent part. <laughs> yeah, stalwart. Um, and like something that I noticed like from the start of our team actually is like how many 
when we when we started, anyone will talk about their skills and say, "Oh, I'm just I'm awful." Like yeah. every single girl on the team, pretty much, apart from like the ones that like you're like, "Why are you here? You're basically professional." Like every single girl <laughs> would say, "Like oh, I'm really awful." Yeah, it's you know, true. And, and it's really kind of down on themselves. And I don't know if that's something. I think women definitely we don't have uh, this sort of way of thinking where we can just experiment and it doesn't matter if we mess up we have to sort of apologize for ourselves beforehand I think we've we've all noticed how people have stopped apologizing so much and in the beginning it was like you'd kick a ball at someone you'd be like oh, sorry I'm so sorry yeah you brush past and, then, and you apologize <laughs> now we just sort of swear at each other a lot more now you smack someone around the face and you're like come yeah. on keep going <laughs> what are you doing um so why did you establish the football team and what makes it different to other women's football team um, I established it because I went on holiday with a bunch of lads um, and couldn't play football and spent the whole time feeling pretty left out, basically. And just it just looked so much fun. So I got back, just started a football team down the park. It was really fun. So we've carried on from there, basically. And I think we're different because we are very open to beginners and I try and instill a culture of low commitment. Doesn't matter what you're wearing, what you look like, what your ability is, just come along and have a go. Um, and what do you think you're kind of trying to achieve or avoid with it? I just want to encourage more women to play football and sport in general and feel more confident about themselves. You know, get rid of this sort of feeling that you have to apologise for yourself, that you have to explain that you're crap at something. You know, I want people to start to be proud of themselves. Women start to be proud of themselves. Oh, everyone start to be proud of themselves. <laughs> I think it's really true about this kind of, I don't know if it's just women, but like people doing themselves down. Like today, I did some great DIY. Just thought I'd promote myself here. And like, I mean, <laughs> I had like a lot of friends helping me out and they were really supportive and really empowering. But also, in my mind, I think I thought, well, I don't know how to do DIY so I'll never be able to do it mm. it's like if you don't try at all but you're never going to be able to do it whereas actually like it's not that difficult to use a circular saw I'm well. natural <laughs> um, okay so do you think the team's been successful enough about my DIY exploits of the day do you um, think the team's been successful That's what oh I mean. you, okay a little um, in-house survey yeah I think the team's been really successful I love playing football and it was really funny like our first ever session I don't know, you must have like dragged me along. And at the first ever session, at the end of it, I said to my friend Kat, who also came, I said, why did no one tell us that football was really fun? Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's what I found. Like, obviously, I had never played before when I first set it up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm not just doing like some kind of social movement here. It's actually really fun. I can see why boys have been doing this for years. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I kind of had another question, which is just, what is it that you think puts people off playing sports? Just for everyone, anyone in the studio. Because I thought of a huge list of things. Something that Tom and I were talking about earlier as well was that um, it's cold. Yeah. People don't like being cold. Yeah, I, th I think playing sports when it's sun, the sun's out and everything's nice can be good fun. As soon as it mm. gets cold, it, it can be difficult to kind of keep up that momentum that was what was really enjoyable kind of wanes a little bit. For me, it's a few things. I think it's the feeling that there aren't that many places where you can be a beginner or you can join without making a regular commitment and I know that if you want to get good at something it's good to d dedicate your time to it but people are busy and I'm I've always been a bit of a jack of all trades like I'm just I achieve a low level of competence in quite a lot of things and I'm not very good <laughs> at many so you know I like being able to I like things like solitary things like going horse riding and going for walks I can do it when I want to do it but you know I tried rowing and like the commitment of turning up and you really let early people mornings, down cold and early cold yeah. early but you you're letting people down if you don't go like not turning up to you know like a match or something and i i, I don't really I've, I've always not been into like team sports but my family never really went into that 
you know like my my family did things like um boxing like some racket sports um running like mostly kind of lone things to get away from people and chill out and relax rather than like as a social thing so I just I don't think I've like grown up around it and that makes a big difference because then you just don't know that much about sport I can't go and hold a conversation about football in the pub and then you just think how am I ever going to get that knowledge? I guess m- many of the people, I think probably Ruth is more of an exception that most people who play regular sports as an adult have probably played regular sports as a teenager, as a child. So I think it's a very good point that it's actually quite difficult to be able to go in and do something. And I think part of, or one of the ways to think about it is by making that kind of commitment to yourself to, that you're going to go do something on a regular basis, you actually you will end up demonstrating that you can achieve something or you'll you'll make a lot mm. bigger of an improvement. But yes, it, it, it is a challenge. I think people are also like afraid of kind of humiliating themselves or like just mm. doing really badly in front of people and like just assume that you that you're not the level you should be for your kind of chronological age. Like <laughs> Yeah. You know, like oh I'm twenty seven, why can I not like kick a ball straight or whatever? You know. But and I think mm. also kind of this fear of like if you're in a team, then if you mess up, like you're letting people down. I think that that's what's kind of really nice about like Southside, our team. I mean, I guess we haven't had that many inter-team matches. It's all intra-team, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter so much, maybe. But like, there's never really a feeling of like letting people down. Like I remember once, like Ruth, your first time. I like to bring this up to make fun of you, but like Ruth had always kind of been a bit, a bit shy and kind of saying, you know, I'm going to stay back and go. And then finally, she was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a striker, or whatever. She's like getting close to the goal, about to score the other team, and they all just started running at her, obviously trying to like defend. And she just panicked so much, she just sat on the ball. <laughs> but nobody said anything. I mean, everyone kind of just looked away and thought, like, that's okay. No one said anything until now. broadcasting across london but the point is like it doesn't matter like you know it was a funny moment as opposed to a moment where people were like oh my god i can't believe you did that like it was you know and the other flip side is i don't think i know of anybody who plays for a sports team who would argue that they have enough players to to fill all the teams that they want to put out on the weekends so that there's always going to be a slot for even a, a, a rank amateur or a very beginner in in most clubs for me, I think there was a clear moment where I realised that I found um, sporty lads really difficult to deal with, and that was at university. And I remember at school, it, I was at a really sporty school, and I always felt embarrassed about playing sports. We did our um, episode a few weeks ago on breasts, you know, things like that, like having to wear sports bras and get changed changing rooms, all of that stuff is embarrassing. But I remember going to university, that was my first experience of like really drunk, sporty men drinking and singing songs. And some of the stuff was really offensive, like very sexist, very homophobic. And that, I, you know, that was like on a regular weekly basis. And I, I did find that really like hard to deal deal with. Um, and I think a lot of people did. So when you were talking to you about um, working with like the LSE team, you know, this stuff is happening all the time in universities. And I can see how it would just really put people off or you just feel frightened and have to go along with it like for me I just thought I'm, I'm just not like that I'm never going to get on with these people I mean listening to the interviews that you conducted Tom I kind of I, I know I recognize some of those voices and I think it was <laughs> it was quite interesting to hear people saying they weren't actually lads or how they define themselves and I think maybe it kind of proved to me that people that I possibly considered lads and possibly consider themselves lads at university actually possibly a couple of years later maybe grew up a bit and didn't really want to be given that label anymore there is a lot of stuff in the media at the moment i've noticed this year and last year about sort of laddiness in university i guess it's kind of getting rid of people are more aware of it now 
and maybe trying to change change a bit I think it's become more negative um like it's got more negative connotations now as as society we've become more aware of the impact that that type of behavior has on people um like if you think about things like jack the lad before i think laddishness was seen as being a bit of a, a positive like, like, yeah um and you know it's like that the idea of you know having lots of women and being quite funny and quite popular and now i think people use it in increasingly negative way because it yeah it seems like it's more associated with kind of like extreme drinking and misogyny um do we do we think we're lads oh yeah has anyone got a lad a lad name for themselves <laughs> well emma you're lad 2.0 well yeah i am a lad 2.0 but i think you know like we think i was thinking more of like kind of the spice girls so they all each have like their own kind of spice epithet so like <laughs> what kind of lad are you <laughs> Catherine, we discussed this earlier said hern hill lad which is <laughs> <laughs> it was more just like no I'm not I, I mean oh, I just I, I don't I don't think I'm I think <laughs> I might have had ladette moments but I, I really don't think I, th- I always feel that ladette's like almost a bit yeah, but it's different I feel it is different yeah, I think it's different <laughs> like um, that's the sort of there's no late, sport it's a late there. 90s n- non-sporting thing yeah there's no there's not even a sporting <laughs> and you have to be a TV presenter um, but yeah it, you know I don't I don't I don't think I'm a lad at all Anyone else? <laughs> no lads here shaking their heads. Lad 2.0 is obviously in the house. Tom wait, 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 Emma, you and I are lad yeah. 2.0. Or are you a Renaissance lad? You've whacked that one out earlier. Renaissance lad, yeah. <laughs> Stuart, um, identify as a lad? Uh, I'm going to own the label and be gay lad. Wow, <laughs> that's, so, that's bold. I think, I don't know. Do you have time for a song? Or just, I just think we're... We're going to wrap up. You've been listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thank you very much for joining us. Please um, sign up to our podcast if you can. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and ACAST. Find us on Twitter at VLW Radio. Thanks as always. Uh, Thank thanks you to so our much to our guests. Thanks, guys. That was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Ruth Tom Stewart and engineer Chris Wynn Stanley. Night, guys. Bye. For full versions of our shows, check out verylosewomen.wordpress.com. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.